good uh, Wednesday to you, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm great, man, to be honest with you. I'm, I mean, oh, wow. you know, it's just, I feel good. I Physically, I feel good. I'm feeling good too, Chris. I like that. I'm glad to hear that. What? Why are you feeling good? Did you actually exercise today? Uh, yeah, I did a I did a full kettlebell workout yesterday. I played some Let's tennis go. this morning, and I, I was go. using the big boy kettle. The I was using the fifty, not the forty or whatever. And wait, hold on. I want to clear something up on the record here, since uh-huh. we are recording. Um, how, can you do a Turkish get up with a fifty pounder? Not so much. I'm using the smaller one for the get ups. Okay. Okay, that no, I was just going to be really impressed because we were talking about this at the at the um I I was we were one of the instructors at the undefeated gym on Saturday was was demonstrating uh the Turkish getup and I said that's funny my my partner and and close friend uh and I wouldn't even call him a fitness enthusiast them jeans uh can do a a very heavy getup but a thirty five pound is nothing to shake a stick at no it's nothing to shake a stick at I mean just doing one regular you know balance balancing a man's shoe on your hand versus a, a kettlebell. It's it's tough, and I, I'm I'm kind of going slow back into it with the whole knee thing, and you know making sure I'm not pushing myself far beyond the limits. But you know, yeah, we can't have we can't have TJ on the injured reserve again because I'm I know I'm just chomping at the bit to get back out on the court with you, and I, I think luckily we have something planned for later in the week, so I, I have something to look for. I have something to look forward to besides just counting all, my money. <laughs> we're on the um, iCal. You're you're able to get knocked down a few pegs in just a few short days, Chris. Don't worry. That's great. I love getting knocked down a few pegs. Uh, that's kind of my thing. Like, especially, like when when I'm forced to tweet about an NFT, people definitely <laughs> let me know how they feel about me. <laughs> let it out, brother. Let it out. And also, you know, I, I was taking a peek at the old infrared sauna this morning as well. Yes, yes, yeah. Tell Cheaper me than it. I thought. Cheaper than I thought. It, it looks like you know we're out, we're out of stock right now, but you can order them on you know Home Depot. Costco, all these places, like you can get a two seater home unit sauna that seems to be, you know, well reviewed, easy to set up and install. You don't need any crazy power line setup, just plugs into the wall. Yeah, what do you do? Do you just plug it in? Yeah, it just plugs into the wall like like your goddamn iPhone charger or or anything. And you know, you get you get into it for thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred bucks. You split that with Bay. It's really you not, know it's it's not bad at all to be I mean, able to have really, a spitz really every good. single day. And you just you just wake up, go boom right into the sauna. I like that a lot, and I think it's going to cause me to spend even more time in the suburbs, <laughs> um, which is sad but true. But yeah, I think I might pop in. You know, I could hop the fence. You know, if, I don't know where you're going to keep this thing, but I feel like it has to go outdoor, right? I'm going to be able to put it in the office where I'm recording right now. I'll I can still keep the bed, my desk with my computer and everything on here. I'll have to move the TV out, but you know we've lived here for two years, and I've never watched TV in here. It's just kind of sitting there because there's an extra one. You know what I think? You know what I think you should do? I think you should. I think you should mount the TV on the wall above the computer and have our chartable <laughs> just, just kind of ticker? running. Yeah, have the ticker. Have the anchor. Have the anchor window open, so we're seeing our our views. We're seeing the till go up Not as people idea. listen. We're seeing new new ads come in it'll make you feel like action yeah that's what that's what i always liked when i first went into like executive offices in the in the mid 2000s you know it would be a music business office so i'd go into this guy's office and he's got a fucking tv with like mtv on mm-hmm. you know or like vh1 i'm like this is sick i don't think you could watch tv at work yeah <laughs> or you know when you're watching the college admission scandal and they go into the the athletic director's office at Stanford, and he's just watching yeah, he's basketball got... games during meetings and shit. You know that sounds like a nice little vibe. Oh yeah, when he's not paying attention and he's just watching the basketball These game. These fucking guys, very cool. But yeah, it feels it's feeling good, Chris. The only thing that I need to worry about now is I worry that I'm going out, and I, I my I'm, I'm I'm not used to going out and outdoor dining. And, you know, uh, a full packed social calendar. It kind of came a little out of nowhere. Mm, we've been, it's, it's coming hard and fast, like a, like a fastball. The acclimation the process has been a little tough for me. I went from, you know, my, my partner and I, you know, every day we'll walk the dog and then decide which, you know, cool, healthy meal are we going to cook that night. And now it's like, okay, I got this. I got this dinner on here. We're going to this guy's house this day. We got a reservation on Friday. I have to start rationing out my alcohol consumption so I'm not yep. you know, getting drunk every night. With this breakneck podcast schedule and my other uh, professional commitments as well as social commitments, I am feeling um, spread thin as well, but it's a good thin. 
you know, like like most thins, <laughs> it's a good thin, uh, except for uh, you know, there's three thins: there's body, wheat, and uh, there's a few other ones. But wheat might be my favorite. That's right. If I had to yeah, choose. the bad thins, you know, hair. That's about it. That's that's actually is about it. Yeah, I can't think of another I love one. A wheat thing. Uh, I, I guess wall. I guess wallet. You know, maybe, but um, you know, I, I, I guess like you know, pocket pockets looking thin. I like a slim um, wallet design. You know what I mean? Man on the go, like myself. Don't start. What's that ever? What's that wallet that Tim Dillon advertises for? I thought you were about to launch into it. Ridge wallet. Ridge wallet. You know, low pro- <laughs> nothing wrong with a low pro- profile design. Ridge wallet available in lots of different colors. Can you can you bleep out? Can you bleep out Rich Wallet, please? I don't want to give them free bands. But yeah, the social the social calendar is bouncing back, and I saw someone from New York yesterday who had been in L.A. for a few days, and he's saying he's saying that L.A. still feels like more less loose than New York. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, vibe wise. Yeah, because we have the option of you know having our clandestine meetings, and you don't really get to do that so much in New York. You kind of have to go out to places unless you know somebody who has a big ass house. Um, luckily I do. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. I actually don't know really many people big ass houses. Unfortunately, I would love to go to a big ass house with a pool. You know, plenty you know. of rich um, New Yorkers, and you know they don't really have huge houses. That's just how it goes over there. Well, you got to pump that money into your house out east. You know, Jason, not to put you onto the terminology, but I, I just, I think you need to get, you know, honestly, after doing this podcast for a year with you, I do see some holes in your mm. New York knowledge. And I think it's time, I think it's time you get back to the big, big apple and reacclimate yourself with the, the city so nice they named it twice. What kind of holes are we talking about, Chris? I don't know, man. I just, you know, I just feel like I can, you know, I'm, I've got a real grip on Los Angeles and the surrounding yeah. areas, uh, from spending time, from spending time with locals and, 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 you know, it, maybe look, it's I, that, I knew what first and first was when you fucking guys were talking about it. I, I, no, I, no, you did not. You thought it was, you thought it was a vaccine <laughs> term. I may know, I don't know more than you, but, you know, I've at least been to Brooklyn where I know that you don't know anything about other parts of, of New York. <laughs> No, I know. No, I know a lot about Brooklyn. It looks like shit. It takes a long time to get there. There's a few good restaurants. Um, that's what more do I need to know? I mean, I I think that you could use. I think you need a good a refresher kind of. You know, we need to pick. You know, well, we could pick you up and just drop you and let you figure out your way. You know, like we're gonna just drop you at first and first with no iPhone and you got to go. I've done it. I've done that before where I've I've picked myself up and dropped myself in New York and then walked walked like I, I would go uptown to some like you know restaurant that i was meaning to check out and then just be like fuck it i'm just gonna walk all the way back downtown or whatever it'll take two hours oh god don't don't do this i'm gonna start crying my, my move used to be mm-hmm. i take the train uptown to hit to hit you know gagosian and then the row and then you know maybe have a bite at san ambrose sure. uptown uh maybe hit and then you walk down you hit barney's maybe you have lunch at mm-hmm. barney's a classic at fred r.i.p for r.i.p freds and then you just keep walking i've walked i've done that i used to do that every saturday the difference is jason mm-hmm. i was absolutely zonked out on pills so it <laughs> did make me feel it did make me feel like i was floating but also getting moving my body it was a, it's a very strange sensation to be to be like zonked but f- like feel like like be exerting energy and be like a little sweaty because if you walk that much no matter what the temperature is you're going to be a little you know what you're I mean? get a little you're, you're ripe moving. under the pits that's odd because for me when i'm zonked out on pillies it is you know i don't i don't i'm i'm sad that i have to get up and fill up my glass of water or or use the restroom let alone traverse through yeah there's there, there's 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 two things, Jason. There's called recreational drug users and then functioning drug addicts. So let me just let me let me make that di- differentiation for you. Not to I'm uh, not to mansplain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, a functioning drug addict they'll 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 do that walk because they have to, not because they want to. You know what I mean? Let me tell you something. What feels better? What feels better than being zonked out on oxys surrounded by beautiful clothing in a rich neighborhood? That's literally that's it for me. That's, <laughs> but that's did you ever get, get so zonked me. out that you would just you would just pull the card out and just run it. We don't look at price. You okay? You you no, never no, blacked no, no. out and woke up surrounded by a bunch of row bags and being like, "What did I get myself into?" No, this I've never time? blacked out and, and actually, I, Chris, did you buy another Richard <laughs> Prince? I told you not to do that. I told you not to go there with the card. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I miss uptown. It's a, it's a different. The, the air is different. The vibe is different. Um, but you know, it was a. Uh, it, it we'll be back soon. Um, but I yeah, I'll be back soon. We're warming up over there, right? We're warming up, baby. It's time. It's time to go back. I mean, it's it's about time. You know, we're not just going to Indianapolis. Let me say that. You know what I mean? It's time. It's time for us to get back on road. We, need, you know, honestly, it's partly um, this show takes a lot out of us. But we got to be inspired, Jason. Like other artists, we we must 
we yeah. must be when inspired. they say like hey like where do you find out what what you write about writer jk rowling you know and yeah unless you go out and experience life and the world you, you will have nothing to give when the microphone is hot in the words of morrissey jason and that you've quoted recently i want to see people i want to see life mm-hmm. and it has to be everyone needs to see people and needs to see life but a true artiste they want they want to do it and that's kind of the difference they want to do it and they want the people to be hot. That's the difference mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you know, not to, not to make it. I about. want to see people and I want to see life as long as those people are not fatties. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's understood. Um, I think that's understood on, on the, on this podcast, but yeah, I, I um, yeah, I'm looking forward because you know, those benches on Larchmont are great, but damn, I think my ass has indented those things. You know what I mean? I think they, they put a plaque that says Chris Black fucking politics here you know what i mean 2020 to 2021 polyed here <laughs> i I polyed here but yesterday bro did you know they go get him tiger closes at 4 p.m um isn't that when maru closes too or maybe not maybe they stay open a little bit later i don't like that like i think a coffee shop should open at 5 a.m and close at 5 p.m okay so four crazy five okay five is the official end of the work day i mean la the official end of the work day is is it never begins but in oh. theory Okay, no, I mean, no I guess, offense. I mean, I'm sure maybe at some point they stayed up until five and then, you know, they they ran the numbers. Yeah, it could be a COVID. It could no, be well, COVID. I mean, maybe initially you run the numbers and you're like, well, you know, between the hours of four and five, we made $38 and we, you know, we paid 300 in, in, in labor or whatever. It ain't worth it. That's just how it goes. And also, you know, the life of a barista or, a, a, you know, you got a lot to do. Well, you got to get to band practice. You got to get to band practice. Exactly. You got to get. You got to. Your acting coach. You're late. Um. You know. You. <laughs> you got to buy paints. You know. Your watercolors dried up over the weekend. You know. We'll talk. Um, we'll so talk that, to Tinker when we hit Indianapolis and see what hours those baristas keep. I feel like they might be a little bit more about their grown man bi. Tinker. By the way, Tinker's opening at the airport, which is a big move. I'm very. That's very cool. JFK. No, no, no! The airport in Indianapolis. I, I know. I yeah, assumed. right. It was no, but I, I, I. That's the that's the big local business flex to be at the airport. Oh, that I mean, you know, I some of my business ideas that I'm, you know, building out the pitch deck to send over to Sweetgreen soon. You know, sniff around, see if we can get any seed cash. But obviously, the goal for all all all, all my um, F and B adventures is once you get syndicated in those airports, we're we're printing money. That's when you start. You know, if you want to get money, uh, today's guest would be a good place to start, Jason. If you want to, if you want to pitch something, I will. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the whole point of this episode. I'll I'll be coming at him hat in hand, saying, "Please, sir." This is our. This is this is how long gone Shark Tank edition um, with uh, mm-hmm. with the genius retailer Triple OG Legend uh, Millard, aka Mickey Drexler. Um, who is mm-hmm. you? You probably suck at business of fashion. Yes, yeah, losers. Uh, so it's you know Mickey is a, a classic New York uh, retail guy who I, I've had the pleasure of knowing for the last three or four years. Where he will call me out of the blue and um, ask me a lot of questions in a fun way that is engaging, which is kind of what a podcast is. I realize now that I say that, but no, mm-hmm. no, Mickey. Um, Mickey was on the board of Apple with Steve Jobs. Mickey, uh, you know, resurrected the Gap. He uh, made J. Crew cool again. Started um, Ann Taylor. He started. He old started Navy. it. No, he, he, he named Old Navy. Old Navy. He named old. He named Old Navy, which is a very good name. Um, and uh, he um now uh has a business with his son and uh designer named Somsack uh called Alex Mill. Uh, you can find that stuff online, and uh, uh they have a store in Soho. But uh, Mickey, Mickey is down in Miami like a good snowbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's tap, let's tap in with the God and see if it's time for us to expand the How Long Gone Empire. Yes, let us. Let us. You're looking good. Thank you. What happened to all the hair? Well, I I took it off, and you know it's it's freeing, as you can relate. You know what I mean. It's just nice to have this this closely cropped. You know what I mean. It feels it feels good. Yeah. Well, I had no choice. Oh, start. (laughs) I I didn't start. Oh, okay. Start. Oh, there you go. Okay. Mickey, um, Mickey, when's the last time you had some hair? Let me see, Jason. I would say, you know what happened? Uh, we like some hair. I guess. A, I guess a a, a a full head of hair. Oh no, not not thick. In fact, I used to get my hair cut regularly. In fact, long time ago, thirty years ago, uh, someone who cut my hair then said, "Just take it <laughs> off." 
you know, <laughs> you, know you do this and you do that. And uh, like you, you got an old car and they're like, you know what? The mechanics like just sell the thing. Yeah. And um, I started a year ago to cut my own hair. I used to pay someone mm-hmm. to do this. And then, uh, <laughs> and, and then <laughs> he came up to see me in the apartment and my wife says, who's that? I said, it was a new guy because we were traveling. And that was the last haircut I, I had. Now I just use a little mini shaver and bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the process of hitting the barber, the relationship, the the fade that I, you know, it, it's it's a it's a. I'm doing it every ten days, which does feel aggressive, but also, you know, um, it, it's a treat for me. It's a personal pleasure, is how I look at it. Yeah. Well, I I did it every seven days, and I thought I I thought I needed to do it professionally, and he's been cutting my hair off and on for 25, 30 years when I did an Annie Leibovitz shoot a million years ago is when I met him. Mickey, I love a set haircut is what we call that, you know, and that's the, be- that's the best kind. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels, it yeah. feels glamorous. Yeah. So, and then I realized that, I mean, like I, now I'm, I'll cut it again soon. Every week I take the mini shaver and I <laughs> cut it. Well, it looks good. So, it looks whatever. the same as Chris's, doesn't it? Hey, You're right. No, Chris is shorter. And, and, and the debate I have now is why, take the uh, attachment off the mini shaver and just really mask off is what we call that. We call that mask off. I would say, go for it. I think you'll feel free. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I think you'll feel free right after this. I'm going to go do it. Exactly. Are you in New York? Are you in Miami? Where, where in the world are we? I'm in Miami. Uh, and I've been here most of the winter. We went back to New York twice. Where are you in LA or yeah, we're both, we're both in LA. Um, yeah, I've, I've been here for a while. I went back to New York for a little bit myself. I was in Atlanta before that. Um, but, you know, we're thinking about taking a little trip to Miami. It's it's calling us, I think, a, a little group trip. Yeah, I like it here. Well, I, I think I like it because of the weather also. And, you know, we've all gotten into the habit of working wherever you are. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah, it's cool. What do you what do you think about this remote work? As a guy who's been in offices for, for a very long time, is it is it easy to get used to, or are you having a difficult time with it? No, I uh, I zoom, and I'm not a computerish person at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I zoom. Thank you know you changed from uh, whatever we're supposed to do to you know to zoom. You're comfortable. You're comfortable in the zoom platform. A hundred percent. But I I don't I'm not in Google uh, whatever. Uh, and uh, this morning I went to see a technical guy to prepare myself for. Google, whatever you, it's called. You, hold on. You went to see a technical ad prepare to podcast with us using Google Meet. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T. Yeah, just to be it's clear. But it is, it basi- it's, it's basically Zoom, just, you know, Google owned. It's very similar. I know, but I, I don't know. I just, I never done it. So <laughs> I was, you know, I worry too much about things like that. But I, um, I find working, I'd much rather be in an office but we're getting it done pretty well through Zoom. I was in the office last week, and you know, when you touch and feel, and you're with the team, mm. uh, it, it's much more spontaneous on creativity uh, than it is. But it's it's been fine, and I think a lot of people are used to it. Yeah, and the world goes on, and uh, I'm okay with it. Which is why, you know, if I ever moved somewhere, I'm not worried. You know, you could people have gotten to a habit of working where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, and what's going on down here is wild. I mean, people are moving like crazy. Yeah, you're in the middle of spring break right now, right? Well, yeah, because it's really, uh, it's, it's crazy what's going on downtown, but I haven't mm-hmm. been there or whatever they call Miami where it's happening. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you, stay off, you stay off the beach during the day. You let the students have that. Uh, you know how many years it's been since I've been on a beach? <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? What do you do? You, what are you doing then? You, what are you, a pool guy? You don't. You don't go to the beach. No, I'm a. I'm a New York City. I, I work. I like wherever I am. I work. I don't go on the beaches. It's boring, and I don't want sand all over me. So but do you, you do you go. like looking at a beach, Mickey? <laughs> I love looking at the water. That's where I love going. Yeah, I do. I love looking at the water. It's very peaceful uh, and calms me. It calms me. Yeah, I mean, I like going to Miami. You you go to Soho House, hit the private beach, get you a little chair. Maybe take an edible and yeah. just watch the world go by. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, but that, I don't have the patience. I, I have. Uh, there's a Yiddish term called shpilkas. You know, ants in your pants. Mm. You know, sure, sure. That's yeah. Thank you for giving us the Gentile version. I've heard that before. Shpilkas. <laughs> I don't look. I'm not a big beach guy either, but I do love the ocean. The restorative properties of the salt water, I think, are quite good yeah. for me. But yeah. but what are you doing activity wise when you're not working in that warm weather? Are you on the tennis court? Are you on the golf course? No, I I joined a golf club here and I played twice and I hurt my back. I hadn't played since I was a teenager. I wasn't bad. So I joined the club. I went out myself once and I kept missing the ball because I was swinging too hard. And I ended up being two or three weeks in physical therapy. And I said, this is not worth it. I went to see a back doctor, uh, my wife's back doctor. And he said, you know, he's a big golfer, big golfer, terrific guy, about my age-ish. He says, don't play golf. Don't try to be good at it and just drop it because you're going to hurt yourself. And that was it. <laughs> That's good advice. I like that. So uh, what, what I do is, you know, I don't do a lot. I, uh, I work. I, li- I like to work. Uh, I walk. Uh, I go to Soul Cycle, oh, which is here. My man. Uh, and, and I like to schmooze. Mickey, I, I mean, <laughs> we're sounding, you and I have a very similar track in life, and I'm, I love to yeah. hear it. You know, I, I don't, yeah. um, I love to schmooze too. That's probably my favorite hobby. That's been, it's been taken away from us. Well, it has been, but now it's coming back slowly. I love to talk to people and I learn and I, uh, and that's what I like to do. I used to play, I used to ski. I stopped skiing last year uh, because I almost injured myself. And I'm saying, wait, if I'm going to fall on the mountain, I don't want to do that. If you're going to hurt yourself playing golf, then then skiing, definitely. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's high-risk activity <laughs> used, for you. I used to play a lot of tennis, and I stopped that because, again, I was I always injured. And, you know, I played very competitively, not meaning I'm a great player at all. I just was competing a little beyond my capabilities. You're a guy who wants to win is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I like to win, and uh, so I stopped, and I uh, it's kind of – I'm okay. You know, with what I do, which is plenty, uh, not, not nothing very athletic anymore. Yeah. What's your yeah, what's you know, what's your culinary expertise? Are you in the kitchen? Never. <laughs> who's 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 cooking for you? Are you a restaurant guy or, or, or is somebody cooking for you at the house? Someone cooks for us. Uh, yeah, someone <laughs> cooks for us. Yeah, that's what. I, so Jason's an incredible Jason's an incredible cook. And I think when. You know, when this podcast really explodes and our pockets get nice and fat, I'm going to actually pay him to cook for me. It's going to be a weird situation, you know, because we split the duties here. But I, I, I couldn't have anybody else cooking for me. Well, let's 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 get it to explode. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of why you. That's kind of why you're on here, Drexler. Yeah, that's what, you're helping what us. Is, yeah. What is your? Yeah. I mean, look. I know this podcast unfortunately does not have a retail component yet. But there's other strategies that we can discuss while we have you. You know, while we have you. You know, if you have the good schmooze component, if you're honest, if you're not full of it, if you're not performing and bullshitting, people love that. And most people don't are not direct and honest. So I think we're all tired of people performing when they're on whatever they're on. The ancient art of schmoozing feels feels like it's kind of gone the way of the dodo as time progresses. What do you think? I think most people are always play acting. I agree. Uh, most people aren't open and honest. And when I hear someone being open, honest, and we all have issues we deal with, I like people who tell you what their issues are. They're, you know, they're, t- they're not hiding. They're not trying to be extra smart or extra rich and extra <laughs> this or extra that. Uh, I like down to earth. I grew up in the Bronx. I love, you know, I didn't. I didn't know fancy people when I grew up and I didn't, I don't know if I knew bullshitters or not because everyone was kind of the same, but I always had an eye for bullshit. Uh, it's an instinct. Yeah. And so, so you, you do a real show, you talk to people and you're honest and open. I think it works and there's not enough people like that. So if whatever this is worth, you know, God bless you. What do you think of the medium of podcasting in general? Is it something you participate? I mean, I know you've been a guest on many shows, but do you listen to them as well? You know, I'm very bad at editing my life in that regard or reading the right books. Uh, I don't listen and I, I don't have the patience. I, I have the patience of, you know, 10 minutes here and five minutes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone today asked me for all my podcasts. So, of course, I will now include this. That'd be great. When you appear on podcasts, do you go back and listen to yourself or does that sound like a nightmare to you? Never. Not that it sounds like a nightmare. 
it's okay. I was very happy what I wrote for Colin yesterday. First, a woman who does, you know, she's terrific. She wrote it for me. And then I rewrote the whole thing um, because <laughs> I, I said, you know, I, I wanted to focus it in. Uh, I wanted to be open about, you know, I always say, who are you? You are what you start with as a child. You know, when someone says, well, how do you get to do what you do? I said, let me tell you about my parents, my growing up, this pain and suffering, the good stuff, the bad stuff, you know, but you never, you don't hear much of that. Are so. you saying, are you saying, is it time for the, is it time for the book? Like, when are we getting the, the book? Because it sounds like that's what you're warming up for. Well, no, the truth is I started one about two years ago and I just didn't have the patience and the writer didn't get me at all. And whatever he, whatever I said, he tried to like repeat what I said. <laughs> it didn't work. I read it. And uh, I think I have a lot to say uh, to young people and even older people who are in business or in life, uh, because my life, you know, I don't look at it as anything special or this, that, and the other thing, but I like to teach. I like to mentor. I, I like to tell people what my experiences are because no one ever told me a thing. Mm-hmm. Ever. When I was growing up, I didn't have, you know, people who give you advice, mentor you, which is fine. I never realized when you get to be older and more comfortable in your life, your parents always have someone who will go see so-and-so. Mm. They're smart. They do this. I, I, you know, it wasn't like that when I grew up in the 50s. It just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I think we need it to an extent. I think that young people are, you know, searching for answers, specifically career-wise, maybe more than ever. And I think that the industries that we work in are also seem sort of um, impenetrable to a lot of people. You know, it seems intimidating. It seems very hard to break in. Um I don't, I mean, did you, I started working in retail. That was how I, that was my first job really. You know what I mean? So where did you work? It was a, uh, it was an independent store. It was like a boutique in Atlanta, a small like streetwear store had sneakers and stuff. Not Sid Mashburn, right? No, no, that was, this was pre, this predated Sid. (laughs) Jason though, did work at, work at, where'd you work, Jason? Anthropology? I worked at Sears and then at Anthropology. What? Wait, as like a career full time thing, or no, I, I was in high school at the time when I was working at Sears. Oh, I, see. So I was selling paint. Great, great thing to do, you know. I, I always say, uh, be a server in a restaurant, work in a store, learn how to get your ass kicked a bit, mm-hmm. and learn what life's about. And then, you know, most most people don't do that. They, they don't want to do that. It's beneath them. It's this, that, the other thing. It's crazy. That's called work, and it's great work for for a young person who starts. You know, I see so many resumes and I say to them, uh, thousands, and I say, is this the resumes? I say, so this is geared for you to get a good job. The whole thing is, did you volunteer in this or you're passionate about it? Give me a good server, Mm -hmm. you know, a waitress or a waiter, you know. I agree. Someone who worked in Sears. Yeah, the, with that with that retail experience, restaurant experience, you learn how you you learn what makes other people happy and how to give them that happiness, and and then keep it moving on to the next one. Yep, yep. Where did you grow up? Uh, Orange County, California. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Chris, where did you grow up? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah. You spend any time in Orange County, Mickey? Fashion Island, South Coast Plaza. Oh, I oh every shopping mall, yeah, right. Every <laughs> actually, that's what we need, America. Mickey. We need the Mickey Drexler official ranking of best shopping malls in America. Because I got my I got my list, and I, I need to hear it from an expert. Well, I I would probably alienate most of my former landlord friends. But what do you have as a favorite shopping mall? I, I was here at uh, Bal Harbor yesterday. Bal Harbor, not bad. Bal Harbor's not bad. <laughs> you know, I I, I went. The pain in your you face. Know, you act like I said something no, about your mom. You look no, first of all, I, I walked in. The, the, uh, no one was in the garage. You know, look, I could be very critical. I start with myself on criticism. And then I say, because I'm a service retailer, the parking lot was a mess. Uh, no, it was very crowded yesterday. I don't know why I went. My wife and I looked at each other after 15 minutes and said, we're out of here. Why? The guitar player was way too noisy. Um, <laughs> the parking lot was a mess until you uh, found the spot. No one was directing. And frankly, and this is all the stores are the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I agree with yeah. that. I mean, I my favorite is probably South Coast Plaza here in Orange County. I think just the the amount, the sheer amount of stores that go from every range is very impressive. 
Um, I mean, there's three Louis Vuitton stores in one wing to cover di- the different, you know, different departments. Um, it's, it's insane. Um, but it's also like a playground. The gallery in Houston, Linux in Atlanta. Um, th- those are probably my. You're too, wait, you're telling me you like, you know, I, I always thought you liked the coolest, hippest guy in the world. And now you're giving me these shopping malls. It's in our DNA, though. Let, let me explain something to you on Mike here. I contain multitudes. You know, I, I can the mall. I think if you grow up in in a, a suburb or or a, a mall culture, it is it feels like a warm hug to go to the mall. I don't go often, but when I do, it feels good to go. The, the mall kinda, that I grew up working at. If I went to it now, it's a, it's an absolute shithole. It, it looks like it's barely hanging on. But you know, in when I was a little kid in the eighties, walking around. That was the epicenter of everything. Which mall was? Is it? That was the Westminster Mall. Oh yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. But if you look at photos of it in, in yeah. 1988, it's a dream yeah. come true. <laughs> look, you probably didn't have much to compare it to either, and it's fine. By the way, better. What, what you know? That's why if I I grow up, grew up with like I never been to a mall in my life till I was I don't know what age because I I bought my clothes at a little store under the elevated subway you know and that was my mall <laughs> i went there twice a year and i never you know it's funny i never went to a mall i don't know i think the first time was when i took my first grown-up job at bloomingdale's like I was, in california it's very different because they have the outdoor mall which is you know right. like in, in florida too that that's something that i never experienced until i was in my early 20s and came to california the first time but i think here that like Brentwood Country Mart kind of style and that yeah. that thing yeah. is is it is technically a mall but doesn't feel like one in the same way yeah. and I feel like that's what we're moving towards you know in, in right. a way and there's one of those in Atlanta now too north of the city yeah. where it's basically a mall but it's outside and it's a little nicer well, they, yeah I, I agree I think those are kind of cool and and the right place to shop although I never shop anyway uh, I don't shop so I don't know <laughs> But you like to do a, a Mickey Drexler retail report, right? Like you had to go check stuff out, just look at it, see it, feel oh, it. I, the tires. I, I do that, but you know, today online makes it so easy to check stuff out. But it's not the same. It's not the same. We got to get the well, hand it, feel. No, it it it's so it's so rare that I walk into a store today. I get turned on. It's rare. Uh, and, I, look, I agree. And, and I agree. Part of I the, agree. Part of the turn on, you know, a great store is like a great painting. And, uh, you know, you feel it when you, when you, well, you know, shopping stores for a thousand years. Uh, and when I see something I like, I get turned on because I, I fall in love with, it's got to have the right merchandise. I don't care what else about a store is right. It's got to have cool stuff. Uh, but I don't, I don't really shop stores a lot. Uh, I do go online to check things out. But when's the last time you've been in a store and it like it was like, damn, they did this right? Uh, well, I, I I'm trying to think. Um, Not your own stores. This can't be a store that you no, have any no, financial. I have one store. <laughs> my own my own stores. I used to have thousands. I have one, and you know, okay. one store. And uh, I think it's pretty cool, by the way, it, uh, Alex. Knows. <laughs> I but, would hope so. You know, if you didn't, we if you didn't, we'd have a problem. Yeah, no, it's a cool store, and actually, it's I'm going to say. Objectively, it's my favorite store, and because we we did it, we treat it like we're. I'm a proprietor. My job is running a store, and one or a thousand, they all it equals the same thing. But I'm trying to think of well. Yesterday, after ten minutes, I left Bell Harbor because I want to get inspired. Maybe I missed a few shops. I didn't get inspired, but if the product is great, then I get inspired. And then I also have a thing about prices i look at a price tag and i'm thinking two thousand dollars for that or whatever for that and that and and then it's not great again look i love her mess don't we all i love their products i love their integrity of not being on sale i love their leather goods that's a store that if i went shopping but that's my favorite shop Mm. now of course you you have to qualify for me I was X years old before I could afford Hermes, just like when I was buying Turnbull shirts mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. You know, you get to a certain age. Oh, I can afford this now mm-hmm. because I grew up with no money and and uh, like most people, I guess. And who's going to shop in those stores? And then you didn't stretch yourself to buy anything in those stores. Not that it wasn't even a thought, but Hermes is probably always my favorite. 
They make a great Apple Watch band. <laughs> yeah, that's Jason's favorite favorite Air Mass product. Oh, oh, they make they make other stuff. I didn't know they made saddles. I thought it was just watch bands. Yeah, I was, I was... saddles. In fact, uh, yeah, I bought my my first or second purchase was saddle. Not for me, but I bought my friend a gift. He was a, a rider, and I bought him a saddle because he did me a huge favor. So that's uh, a that's a that's one of the best gifts I've ever heard of. A saddle. Well, I'll like tell you that. why. Because he helped me negotiate <laughs> my deal with Gap. Okay, yeah. And oh, I see. So you had to cut him. Yeah, that makes sense. He did deserve that saddle. He might have deserved he, a little more. He was one of, he's one of my best yeah. friends Now that you forever, say that, Hermes' I mean, saddle seems a little light, Mickey. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Hold on one and second. by the way, I don't want anyone to think uh, like I only go to Hermes. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I uh, once I buy something, I keep it forever. And I think like maybe boys and men, when they dress a certain way, it stays that way for their whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. like, uh, you know, so my whole life I've been wearing the same clothes every day. So I went from uh, chinos maybe to jeans to my shirts. You know, I haven't bought a new woven shirt probably in 15 years. You are, are you a uniform dresser, Steve Jobs style? Uh, every day of my, my life. You know, every uh, same every pair day. of socks, same underwear, all that stuff. You like to, no, Mickey, you like to no. throw a little flair in there though. Come on. Yeah. If I find, I'll tell you, the best three jackets I've bought in my life, I'm, like vintage now. So when you get to be vintage, <laughs> you know, all the things that you say are vintage, I wear them as, as new. So I bring in a overcoat yesterday. Uh, not yesterday. Uh, I was in New York last week. So Samsak, our designer, you know, I, I shout I, out, shout out to Samsak. Yeah. Yeah. And my, and my son, Alex, you've got to shout out to, shout Alex, out to Alex who started the company. I basically, my son and Samsak, uh, they're my bosses or I'm their bosses, however. So I'm wearing last Tuesday when I was in New York, a helmet Lang camel overcoat. Okay. Sam Sachs says, where'd you get that? I said, I said about 30, 35 years ago, Joseph in London. Mm. He says, I love that. I said, I love it too. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and and he took the coat. So I, I have my built-in vintage collection because I don't throw things out. And anything I buy, uh, even when I was a young kid and I didn't have didn't have money, I buy nice stuff. I buy all nice stuff. So, but I I, I have like a Hermes. I don't want to talk about Hermes. It's kind of obnoxious to talk about Hermes here. So, you know. Well, look, our, our unfortunately our our listening base. Um, I would say a small percentage could possibly afford Hermes on uh, after their you know after the holidays maybe or something after a bonus right. came in. Um, but yeah. yeah, we're a little we're a little more down market than that. I would say on the yeah, show. No, I don't, I, I don't want you. I so but see, I amortize my clothes, and I think when you buy something quality and you wear it, my shirts are all two thousand and four to two thousand and eleven, and then you amortize the shirts over all those years. It's not an expensive shirt. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great deal. No, cost per wear. Cost per wear is what right, we call exactly. that. You can't afford not to buy them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I also, you know, you know, at some point in your life, you know, you start to be able to treat yourself a little more indulgently than you might before. So, but I don't, I don't do that, you know. I mean, I do. I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there now, Mickey. And I went into. Um, I'm having. I was having this issue in L.A. where I was having to transport keys, wallet, cash, phone, all of these other you know things to to and from the car. You know, and I, I just didn't like to weigh down my pockets, so I I, I needed a, some sort of small leather good, like a, a small attaché, let's say, to carry this stuff. A gentleman's pouch. A gentleman's right. pouch. Some would some some would call it a clutch. Let's just keep it real. It's a clutch. Right. And I went to the Louis Vuitton store on Saturday, and I found exactly what I wanted. And as soon as I bought it, it wasn't even expensive. But as soon as I bought it, I felt instant guilt. I felt crazy. Right. <laughs> like I felt like, did I do the right thing? Why did I do this? I don't really need this. We're talking about yeah. like five hundred bucks. It's not like a, it's not a big deal. But I instantly felt this weird feeling. That like I didn't need this and it was really extravagant, you know. Well, it makes you feel good. By the way, I, I, I'm feeling a little guilty here, so I want to explain to whoever listens to this. <laughs> I grew up in the Bronx. I shopped at Joe Tuckman mm-hmm. on Allerton Avenue for the first 15 years of my life. I then went to Pelham Parkway and shopped at a little men's store. I, you know, 
I, I, I didn't grow up wearing any of that mm-hmm. stuff or buying that stuff. I, I just want to put it that way. Well, if you grew up, if you grew up, if we, if you grew up wearing Hermes, you'd be more of an asshole than you are now. It'd be scary. <laughs> yeah, right. it, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, that'd be terrifying. So thank God no, that, that I, thank I, God I you didn't. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I don't want people to think, oh, look at this guy, whatever he's on here. No, but I, it's a str- it's a strange feeling because I know that I'm going to have this thing forever. It's very useful. Right. It's 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 of the highest quality. It'll last forever. But I still feel this weird. You know, I feel weird about buying it because it doesn't feel really? like me in in some ways. Yeah, it doesn't feel like me yeah, in some it, ways. It takes time to start to indulge yourself and uh, whatever. But I, I'm an investment buyer in whatever I buy. Uh, that's how I feel about things. So when he asks, I mean, there are good stores around. I just don't really bother going to most stores because I don't get a buzz. I need a buzz. So uh, when I see a store like I, like 45 RPM. Great store. You know, to me, it was uh, my art store in a sense. Art meaning, you know, beautiful. The clothes are beautiful. Crazy expensive. Yes. The prices <laughs> are also beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the yeah. Price. And, and there, but there it's clothes and it's you know they're not that unique to pay five times what they're worth, uh, and um, but that they I, that store is always that, that's a, one of my favorites. Uh, I that's have a, a good. That's a good cut. That's a good cut though, because I think a lot of people like I, I our, our mutual friend Jake Davis put me on to forty five RPM when I moved to New York. I had never heard it before in, in the mid aughts. Um, but that's a true retail experience. Like you walk in there and you feel like you entered a different world. It, it's a, it's kind of a work of art, and I have to call. What my friend Gary Friedman has done is extraordinary restoration hardware. Yeah, yeah. You know, which mm-hmm. I uh, uh, and I know Gary since he was 26 years old, and I've just been stunned at what he's created. So uh, knowing him and the history, his history, when I walk into a restoration hardware, I say, "Oh my God!" What you know? I call Gary up. He calls me his mentor. I said, "Gary, you're my mentor now." But uh, you know, I admire anyone who is creative, has a certain sense of style and a point of view in their shops. Are you keeping up with current designers, though? Or how on top of it are you? I, I have no idea. No, I don't keep up. <laughs> no, I, I don't keep up. I think uh, not at all, because by definition, a lot of keeping up with the designers, their perspective. And, you know, I, I in my career, I always felt, why am I paying so much money for something because someone else designs it and then the price is doubled. Do you know how all that works at retail? Of course, sure. I keep up with people who I think are terribly creative. I look, I, I look at what Samsac does. I admire him and he's a wonderful guy. Uh, and I keep up, you know, and when we we're inventing a collection, you know, well, look, I, uh, I was on the, uh, at the Apple board, Johnny Ives with Steve, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, you watched what the two of them did. Uh, which was quite brilliant. Uh, you know, I watched them. I didn't appreciate the 16 years I was there, probably. But, you know, <laughs> they, they taught everyone a lesson in terms you don't need big assortments. Mm. You know, you need the best products in the world, and maybe you have five of them. So I, I look, I've been, I've been doing this for so long and have been so exposed to so many uh, different uh, businesses that when it's special and unique i i always have great respect and i respect a lot of companies that build themselves up how does someone get on the the board of apple like how did that even come about well uh, with and i also want to say the other business i really love is warby parker which i'm on the board of because i think that's a brilliant business how did it happen i'll tell you uh, it's interesting i don't know how interesting it is um i, uh, I <laughs> we'll be the judge of that mickey <laughs> yeah we'll let you know trust me Okay. We'll cut you so off. I, if you, you I was at a mutual friend's birthday party in Napa Valley. We used to live in San Francisco, you know, while I was at Gap Corporation and uh, uh, Steve was at the party. So I really didn't know Steve. I knew, knew him ish, this, but not. So he comes up, wish moosing, and uh, <laughs> he calls me. He's asking me questions. Then he wanted to meet or he got back to me, he asked me to join the board of Apple. So I said, must have been a good schmooze there, Mickey. Yeah. One of the dumbest answers I gave uh, was, uh, uh, I have no interest in being on a public board. Hello. So, um, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. So Steve and I uh, kept chatting and he was cool. He says, you know, he asked me to join the board two or three times. And I said, no, because my IQ didn't raise, get raised at all while he was asking me. Uh, this is 1999. And he just came back 
and uh, I'm uh, at Gap. And uh, one of the things he did is he gave me, I'll never forget. I ran into him. He says, by the way, can you sign this for my children? They really admire you. <laughs> An autograph. He was good. He's wow. good. By the way, one thing about Steve that no one ever says, best seducer in the world. Doesn't give up. And he has a charm when he wants it. And I loved Steve, by the way. I, I so admired him. And I admired his, you know, just his genius and his no one gives it, you know, he's five years or six years ill and doing his job every day. I mean, we watched mm -hmm. him, you know. So anyway, about a year later, he says, I'll tell you what, I'll join the Gap Board if you join the Apple Board. And I said, we have a deal. Why am I friend here to not at Gap? But as Bob knows, Bob Fisher, who uh, who we're friendly uh, with uh, all these years, uh, uh, said, I said, I would love to have Steve on the board because the board was, uh, let's say, friends of of the chairman and, and connected and all. And I sure. didn't really have a board member. So uh, I said to Steve, deal. And uh, so I went on his board. He was uh, he joined our board. Well, I knew he'd be impossible to live with as a board member. He never never joined the board uh, and uh, he joined our <laughs> board. Total pain in the ass. He was great about it, and he was very vocal when he had to be. And I sat there so enjoying the show. <laughs> Why he wanted me on his board, and sometimes I don't think of the obvious, you know, hello. Um, he wanted me to help him get into the retail business. And the first thing we did together was design a store. And he had, I suggested he build a store in a warehouse instead of going to a shopping mall and building a store. So we, I don't know if he had the warehouse, he rented it. And his first effort before I joined the board was horrible. And I always have a simple point of view about a store. The good should speak. It's got to be simple and don't overbuild a store. Anyway, long story short, that was the store he rolled out. And I was his retail buddy. And so I was on the board when, when he passed away. I, uh, it was hard for me to stay on the board just because I missed him a lot. Yeah, so yeah. that's how we met. And uh, I watched him, we all watched him invent and be a genius almost until the day he passed away. And what a brave guy in what he did. I mean, God, it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That's how I met him. And I, I miss him. And I miss what he would have done in this world had he lived. Yeah, no, absolutely. They should have taken Gates instead of Jobs is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, you know, the two, the two happiest days in his life. Because, you know, a lot of people, me included, you know, when, when you work hard and you push, push, pushing, you don't give yourself a break. Steve never gave himself a break. The first time, I'm a gee, what a good day for Steve or a good hour. Uh, uh, Michael Dell once <laughs> said Steve should close down Apple. This is from Dell Computers, I'm assuming? You're right. And, the, and Michael said that quite publicly from what I understand. And Steve, the day his market value exceeded that, of Dell was a celebratory day for him a year or two or whatever later the next time when it exceeded Microsoft's value happiest day I've ever seen Steve in, 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 in my life with him. so uh, you know he was a great competitor great competitor you gotta have that I feel like you have to be at that level you have to be at that yeah, level. yeah you do and like most people like him no one was ever good enough and uh, you know mm -hmm. Special guy, very unique. Mickey, what are you? So, what are you investing in these days? Because I know you got your hands in a in a bunch of shit. So, well, uh, I had. <laughs> we don't need to go through the portfolio necessarily, but it would be yeah. nice. No, that's all right. You can come come to my next uh, quarterly asset meeting. It's okay. The, <laughs> Great, thank um, you. I'll tell you I'm send us the Zoom link, please. Besides uh, uh, Warby Parker, I invest, but I have no. Someone else does it for me. What I do that I know I do is Alex Mill. Uh, so when people say, what do you want to invest in? And I'll tell you why. It's it's interesting. I always wanted to own a company. I owned companies theoretically or whatever, but I always had a someone there who owned more of it or it was a private equity or it was this. So here I am funding the company with Alex, my son and my daughter. So I don't have to go to someone who's going to start telling me what to do because they have a piece of the action mm -hmm. or whatever. And then they tell you uh, how to run your business. Uh, you know, very few people really know how to run a garment business or a fashion business. So much of our business is instinct, feel. 
you can't explain instinct and feel mm-hmm. maybe to most financial people. They only understand the balance sheet and the inventory levels, the losses, the gains, and how much money they will make. Uh, so I'm only doing Alex Mill. I fund it. You know, I, I'm always listening and I walk around and I learn, but I don't have someone who actually is an investor who uh, I have to kind of listen to. Mm-hmm. And when I say listen to, you know, like I, you know, I, I you battle with people. Uh, and in our world, even I've seen it a million times the movie where in the fashion world, you have financial people running a fashion company. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're an intuition feeling kind of guy, and more of that, and and less you know data and research and all these things. As as time has progressed and you've been around it longer, have you come around to to data and research analytics, or are you still a feeling you, guy? You know, you know what I say. I've been doing data and research my whole life, mm-hmm. and now they have a name for it. Uh, what's that name they use? Um, Algorithm. Algorithms, right. Since I was 23 years old or 22 at Bloomingdale's, I've done algorithms. I didn't call them that. I look, look today. Today I was looking at a selling report and I looked at the weeks on hand. And by the way, when you have to see around corners, no one will tell you what to go around corners and not buy pink. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> so uh, I do it. I've been doing it my whole life. Give me a good merchant who has intuition, mm-hmm. who sees around corner and around course, and they're good in mathematics. Mm. They're good at forecasting. They have a sense. And I'll show you someone who does, I do algorithms. I just never called it that. And I think math, math is really important uh, because, so today I'm looking at weeks on hand on reorders and I'm thinking you sold, you sold three times as many of say the Navy color as you did of the, the whatever color. So why are you buying the same amount of goods? Well, the factories sometimes need minimum orders, but uh, I, I think it, it's not going to change ever for good merchants. Now, look at what's happened to the retail world. It's not a very exciting world, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, and, it's not. Uh, <sighs> no, it's not. <sighs> oh, it, it really isn't, because where do you... Uh, I would love to go to stores and shop if I shopped. What do you what do you but what do you feel about like the multi brand like the the Dover Street Market the Just One Eye uh you know the the RIP Todokayo like that kind of is there a place for that anymore or is that over I think anything you can buy in multiple locations in multiple companies is over I've said this for 20 plus years I recognize it I'll tell you when I was really young I worked for the department stores and Across the street from Bloomingdale's, no one, you guys wouldn't know Alexander's. So I'm at Bloomingdale's buying my T-shirts, sweaters, and ba- <laughs> women's bathing suits. That was my first buying job. If so-and-so put it on sale, we had to meet the price. Yeah, I said, this is no way to build a business that you can own. Uh, my next job was running Ann Taylor. I was a young guy. I look at Brooks Brothers then, and you know Brooks Brothers has not been good for how many years? A very long, a very long time. But Brooks Brothers... Benetton, companies like that, they didn't have to worry about who put their goods on sale and who carried it. So I look at Brooks Brothers and I remember their profit margins were wildly high. Why? One markup and no one carrying their goods. I took Ann Taylor and said, this is what I want to be. I don't want to be buying anyone else's goods because when I bought someone else's goods and it was on sale someplace, I had competition, built-in competition, and my margins were low. So what do I think of all those companies? Show me a company who has unique clothes that you can't buy anyplace else, and then that's where it starts for me. Mm-hmm. Now, we do, sell, yeah, we do sell some, some stores because we have to. We're too small not to well, sell. Well, it's good for – I say that's good for marketing. That's what that is. That's an expense. Is, there's there's a handful of yeah. stores that you want to be in that, that look good from for right. the customer. You know, We, we sell Mohawk. I don't know. I oh, don't yeah, see yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it is cool. In L.A., is it? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's L.A., so people dress like shit, but there's – you know, they, they're doing their best. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? They're, they're doing their best. They, they're selling stuff. I mean, I think that – 
they they sell stuff that seems very expensive at one time. It seemed very expensive in that neighborhood at one time, and yeah. now I think the the income of the residents has caught up with the price point of the store. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you don't want to drive across town to get. I mean, now Dree's opened a store, but like at one point, you know, if you're in Silver Lake and you got bread, you can go down the street and get all your Dree's versus having to drive to Beverly Hills or something. Yeah, so that that you know that that's a real you know you're you're filling a void in the market in some ways there. Yeah, you know, and and if someone can uh, edit their assortments really well, it's sure. worth going. That's a skill. To the store. That's a skill. Um, I, look, I remember running to Fred Siegel. I go to L.A. I, I I always say I've been to the mountain, you know, with Fred Siegel, you know, because it, it, it was in its day. My God. I would wow. go there just to people watch. Yeah. The people watching. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. What kind of what kind of car were you driving in like 90s San Francisco? 90s San Francisco. I My da- daily driver, which I just sold, by the way, was an 83 Porsche Carrera. Oof. Uh, that was my driver. What color? Off-white with brown interior. Ooh. Ooh, very and, tastefull. And, we love that. We love a, but, a cream. A buttery and, selection, and, and, Mickey. And, and, the, uh, <laughs> and what's it called? The Target Top. It was a Target. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I, in the 90s, I also had old Mercedes and uh, some Porsches. You know, they were so beautiful. Uh, and then I sold them because I didn't really like to drive them. They were kind of old cars. Uh <laughs> And, uh, it's tough to get the Bluetooth to work. Yeah, yeah, right. So you don't have a Tesla? No. <laughs> Do you have an aversion to Teslas, or are you just are you on the Not waiting at all. list? I'll tell you, my aversion is given my neuroses. Mm. I'm going to worry. I'm running out of time. And <laughs> you know, at least you know, I, I don't a want metaphor to run for out of time a metaphor for life. You're saying you don't want the Tesla to be a metaphor for life. You're going to pass before the thing charges up all the way. Yeah, right. You know, I I, I don't want to keep looking at the time, and I better rush here and rush there. <laughs> I don't, it's another pressure to me. The gas tank's different. So, um, uh, here I drive, uh, 19, what do I have? A 2012 Jeep, um, the standard Jeep. What is it Just called? A Wrangler? The model? Um, a Wrangler. No, no. Cherokee. The, uh, Cherokee? No, it's, what's it called? The Jeep, whatever. <laughs> It, it's just this classic Wagoneer? like what are we talking about no a jeep like like a Cherokee, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. whatever okay so and, you know, okay. by uh, all and yeah. a, a fairly modest car for a man like yourself it, well it but but it drives pretty well uh because I, I i finish with my collections and uh you know i'm looking for a new car right now and uh it's very hard to find a well-designed beautiful car Although I'm looking, and I kind of like the new, uh, what's it called? The new Land uh, Range Rover. There's a model they just put out. Discovery, the new, the, the Land Rover Discovery, the new Maybe one. Maybe the no. Velar, the Velar, the Velar. No, 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 no. God forbid. <laughs> um, the, uh, I it's, forgot, a, it's like I a reissue of the old kind of boxy one from the '70s, a little modernized. Yeah, kind of, but it's a really good looking mm-hmm. car. Really good. Looking. I, I, I know what you're talking. I about. just got a car, and it was it was it was really a process, and I I don't. I did not enjoy it that much, to be honest with you. But I, I find I feel like you find joy in it. Yeah, what kind of car? I got a BMW X5. It's a good car, good solid driver, <laughs> right? Not bad. That's what I am, good Mickey. Cars. I'm just a, I'm just a good solid guy, and I need a car to match. You know what my first car was, and I uh, was a BMW 2002, 1973. Beauty. I love that car because it was a. It, I had so much, so many problems with it. Well, I don't, I don't imagine. Do you get down in the dirt under the engine? It doesn't. You don't strike me as the type. Jewish guy down in the dirt <laughs> under an engine? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. You, you being down in the dirt, that's more when you're negotiating the sticker price, perhaps, then. Right. No, I'm not. I don't like to negotiate. I just let someone else. I don't. I, I'm not good at okay. it. Okay. For all my business stuff, I, I don't like it. Give me the number, write the check, on with the day we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a good way to be. Mickey, this conversation has led me, has just taught me a lot about myself. I'm seeing a lot of similarities here. I don't cook. I don't work on cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer to pay the price and keep it moving myself as well. And I, I think this bodes well for my future. Yeah, well, um, I, I got a lot more things you probably can identify with, too. You know, we haven't even scratched the surface. I'm all ears, Drexler. <laughs> Jason Jason loves to haggle at his local farmer's market. He doesn't want to pay full retail for those tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people get yeah. a hard-on going into a nice retail experience. I like raking them over the coals on the cost of a cherry tomato. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Do you cook? You said you cook, oh, yeah, right? All the so time. What do you make? Like, I mean, for I've been cooking for Chris a lot lately. He's a vegetarian, so you know, I'm, I'm I got the tofu and the sprouts going a little bit. By the way, I'm curious uh, on your show. You just schmooze along. Is that it? Uh, like we do. Like we're that's doing. It. That's this? it. Sometimes yeah, we have a laugh. It. Sometimes we get serious. But you know, people like listening to the show. Because it's just like a, an honest documentation of a, a few people schmoozing, having a having a convo about anything and everything for an hour, you know? So, yeah, because uh, Kelsey, uh, my assistant, she's a big listener. What do I turn to? You go to Spotify, you go to what? Apple Podcast, whatever, and... I see. And, and that's where okay. you find it. I would suggest maybe having someone in your in your orbit, uh, you know, download it onto your phone, you know, put yeah. it, make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I I don't know how to do any of that stuff, so um, I missed it all. You <laughs> do know? you use a comp- you use a computer all day though? You send emails. I've gotten emails from you. No, I use an iPad and an iPhone all day. I don't use a computer. I I don't think I need them. No, but I don't no, know. I mean, you're doing emails, you're texting, you're browsing the web. You can open documents. You can sign PDFs. Yeah, so that's pretty yeah. much all you need right off the iPad. What is your yeah. but what is your what is your media diet looking like? Are you reading the New York Times on the iPad? Like, what are we doing on a day to day? Fox News. Day to day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, it's interesting. I don't know how it happened. I didn't have my case for the first time ever on my iPhone on what yesterday was Monday. On Sunday, it slipped off. I. At the end of the day, it was cracked. The whole back was cracked. And I had the apple. I, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> so I went to the I, I, uh, iPhone store, 99 bucks, and a new, a new iPhone. Mm-hmm. I was out of pocket with my iPhone almost all day. And it was torturous. <laughs> uh, really. Uh, and I had to finally, at the end of the day, because she told me to leave the store and then kind of connect this. I didn't know what she was talking about. Uh, <laughs> she said, "Sir, sir, you need to leave the store. Stop, <laughs> sir. You need to leave the store right, right. now." <laughs> right. So uh, it was very hard, very tough day. So now I'm back to normal. I couldn't be out of. I, I mean, more. Where are you getting your information from? Are you reading the New York Times, Business of Fashion, Hype Beast? Like, what are we looking at? Don't read the Times anymore. I used to deliver the New York Times. I read it cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's certain things I like to read, but the New York Times does not do much for me anymore. Uh, I think it's short and sweet announcements. I don't want to read mostly long things, uh, long articles. I don't have patience at all to do that. So I I like headlines. Uh, I like to schmooze with people so you start to hear the news to a degree. And then I uh, see the the news online, just headlines and stuff. Are you on on Twitter.com? No. Instagram? Are you on Instagram.com? I, I do Instagram, but not not for the news. Mm-hmm. Sure, 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 sure. I just I was trying to check the diet. So you're not you're not on Reddit. I just don't have the patience, and and I I'm a little I'm so skeptical about what I read anyway. It's just some person's opinion about something. You know, that's what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I do. That, that, yeah, that's exactly and, what it and, is. And when I read something now, if it's about something I know about, it's like half of it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I read retail stuff, I'm saying, where'd they get that from? They get from six people they call all the time and they, they give them quotes. So they're writing about someone else's opinions and it's not their own anyway. Do you get any pleasure from doing some hate reading though? You know, Chris likes to hate, hate read or hate watch things. You know oh, what I mean? Well, get a load of this yeah, guy type uh, oh, of reading. I, oh, like love that. <laughs> you know, love <laughs> Love. Look, I I don't root for sport teams. I root against them. <laughs> so, you know, it's based. What it's an based approach! On I hate. like that. It's based on hate and politics. Mm-hmm. You know, if if someone's to the right of Attila, whatever. I don't. I hope they lose. So, uh, you know, that's it. No, I'm the same way. I'm feeling enlightened today, Jason. I'm feeling like I have a path to the top now. You know, it feels like it feels like I can I can kind of follow. Did you feel like that? There's maybe a path for me here, or do you think I'm still too dumb? No, no, no I, I see it, Chris. You know, at a certain point in your life, it hits you that what you think is what it is, and who, what you think about that person is what it is. And you know, when you're younger, you know, oh, they're the president of the company. They're the this. They're the, that, they do this, they're rich, that, 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 that. You know something? They're all the same. Mm-hmm. You, got the, you got the bell curve of life mm-hmm. for billionaires, 
for poor people, for doctors, for lawyers, for all of us. And at some point, you listen to what you think and not to what others say. So, uh, you know, it takes, it takes time to get confident about what you think. Or you walk and say, was that person as dumb as I thought they were or as smart as I thought they were? You know. <laughs> no, that's true. It is, a, it is a confidence thing. I totally agree with you. I, I think 100%. It's, like, it's a pleasant surprise when you meet somebody and they end up being as smart as you think they're going to be nowadays. It's nice. It, it's, uh, but look, look at what's going on in New York City today. It's tragic. You know, with the politics and mm-hmm. you know, our mayor there and all that. I mean, it's tragic. It's enough to make you want to head down to Miami and take a lunch at Mandolin and watch the world go by, huh? You got it, babes. And then look at uh, look at our last president. Oh my mm. God! You know, it, it occurred to me. It's funny. The other day, I was saying, you know, I'm so much more relaxed, and I'm thinking, I know why, because I don't hear his voice every day. Mm-hmm. That's definitely you know? true. It really has made the world much better uh, because it's quieter. It's a much quieter world. You know, not that there's a lot of tragic things going on. You know, sure. there are, but it wow. is quieter. And we're not used to quiet. Yeah, the daily barrage does take a toll on one's mental state, even if you're not that engaged in it. You know, it's still it's still a hundred percent troublesome. Mickey, it's been a pleasure, Mickey. Thank you for joining us, Chris, my man, Jason. Good to meet you guys. If 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 I get to California, we'll be in Miami sooner than you're in California. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come tap in at the Bel Air Hotel if you're here or we'll come to you in Miami. The the you know, let the let the cookie crumble as it may. Okay. So, uh take care guys and uh, great to see you by the way. Great to see you too. We'll talk to you soon, Mickey. Thank you. All right. All right, later. Take care. Bye Jason. Good to meet you. Take me out I want to see people and I want to see life